Are you tired of people always telling you what you want to hear and not what you need to hear? Me too. Are you ready to actually do something about it? Hi, I'm Lauren Lahav, and for the past 30 plus years, I've been blessed to speak and to impact thousands of people around the world. I've shared the stage with the world's top thought leaders, including Barbara Walters, Tony Robbins, Barbara Corcoran, and Gary Vaynerchuk. I'm also a personal development, lifestyle, and business coach, event producer, and entrepreneur with businesses in over 25 countries. I'm a wife and a proud mama to three and a bonus mom to one. Trust me when I tell you, it took me many years of buying into my old story of I'm not enough and lots of grit to finally let go of the BS. So I understand firsthand what it means and what it took. They don't call it the school of hard knocks for nothing. This podcast is my way of breaking down the BS filters of what we say, what we do, and how we interact with others. I will be sharing what worked for me, yet more importantly, what didn't work for me. This is a no fluff podcast where we will address real life issues, real issues that seem to surface when you least expect it, relationship conflict and breakdowns, and real solutions. I will share from my life experiences and those of other everyday heroes, as well as the world's top experts are all here to help you grow through the process of letting go and finally expressing your true voice, who you are and what you stand for. In a world of political correctness and living our lives on social media, it's hard to know what is real. And are you taking in so much information, but not applying what you've learned? In my life, I always look to the people who understand what I'm going through and are willing to get honest and forthcoming with me to help me grow through these challenges. Trust me, I've had them all, and I'm going to take the time to be as real as possible and get to solutions. I've had financial issues, parenting issues, marriage issues, emotional issues. You know, the list goes on. I've learned from my challenges, I've grown from them and continue to learn from them. I see them now as opportunities. With this podcast, we're going to tune up our lives. I'll be your cup of espresso to get you through whatever you're going through in your life that's holding you back, to give you that confidence and trust of knowing someone is there to help and guide you, yet you have to do the work. So strap in, hang on tight, and let's get real. Stacey, I adore you. I know that I hope that you know you've been one of my mentors pretty much my whole adult life. And I remember watching you. Well, I met you in November 1989. It was crazy. I think we were at the, it was a nursery that we were at, correct? Is that where we met? We met at a nursery. You were like outside playing with the other kids. I'm joking. We met at Tony's house in 1989 at Thanksgiving. And I was like, who is this cool woman? And I think you were frisbee golf, some frisbee golf. Freestyle. Freestyle Freestyle frisbee. Yes. Crazy. The things we do when we're young. These are the things we do when we're very young. But you know, what's beautiful about it is you, I think for a, a lot of people that are young, that are out there listening or parents that are thinking, oh my God, what is my kid doing what does this mean? Like long-term, like, are they going to be like, uh, you know, are they ever going to grow up and do anything with their life? You're a beautiful example of that, of somebody who really embraced their twenties 
right? And experienced mm-hmm. a lot of different things. I mean, could you talk about it? Because you've created companies, big businesses, um, extremely successful now, What? and you have kids that are in their 20s. What would you say to parents out there right now who are like, oh my kid, is my, is my kid ever going to grow up and have a, like a real job? What would you say? Yeah. Well, I, I took follow your bliss to an extreme, but I, I think the biggest thing is really understand what it is you love to do and then figure out how to monetize it. And that's what I did. I mean, it sounds as crazy as it was. I, I got a degree in exercise physiology. I loved movement. And then I was, I was in Colorado and I was introduced to a very alternative sport called freestyle frisbee. And I figured out a way to make money at it and formed a little company we with a, another partner of mine where we were called the California Girls. We marketed ourselves and ended up getting sponsorships, ended up traveling around the world, living all over Australia, Japan, you name it. And this was all pre-social media, pre-internet, all of that. This was back in the day you set out, you know, your your press kit. We did everything ourselves, but I, I've always been good at figuring out what I love to do. How can I monetize it? How can I be of service so that I can make it sustainable? And so it started with with that. And then I grown it into running successful chains of health clubs to running um, plant powered cafes to what I've really been doing most of my life. And that's teaching yoga, which I've been doing for decades and decades and decades. So I figured out early on before yoga became so trendy uh, how to really be able to do this full time and make it thriving and sustainable for for almost four decades now. It's so crazy. Like I you made so many great distinctions. Just I was taking notes if you're wondering what I was doing right then is that you said something we always hear, you know, find out what you love and go do that. But you said something very important. You said find out what you love and find out how you can monetize it and be be of service and then market it. Mm-hmm. Um, And then really what you did is you designed your life the way that you wanted it to look. I mean, it sounds like that's really what you did. And that's why you were one of the very first people that I thought of when we were putting together the Own Your Worth. And I didn't even realize it with that being your message literally right then because you, it's your mindset, it's your health, it's your money, and it's your mission. So you are the ultimate example. Okay. Can I take credit for you with the first health club? Come on, sister. Let me take credit for it. 100% credit. Oh, thank you so much. Of our frogs experience. And then I think about you teaching those yoga classes pregnant. I think you were pregnant teaching those yoga classes. Yeah. Yeah. When it wasn't even a hip thing either, right? I think you actually got a lot, a little bit of criticism, if I remember correctly. Can you talk about that? Yeah, I was. That was uh, when I was pregnant the first time. It was 1993. And I was so big that. You know, if I did a full split in class, my belly would hit way before my <laughs> legs. But I had a, you know, I had a daily practice. I mean, I mean, I am a practitioner of yoga. I practice six days a week. Practice meditation seven days a week. I mean, I do practice what I teach, and uh, and it, it's it's part of my lifestyle. I mean, it, yoga has changed my life, and I I actually don't know the kind of person I would be with without all these decades of it. I mean, I'm just a more peaceful, joyful person because of it. And so what what got you into yoga? Going from Frisbee, were you doing that when you were Frisbeeing? 
when you were freestyling? Well, I was I was in fitness too. So while I was doing that, I was in fitness, the early days of fitness, you know, where, where I'm talking, I'm going way back to, you know, high impact aerobics. And then the step came out and, you know, those were all good and great. And I was, was teaching those, but I felt something was really missing. It wasn't really touching my heart. I was not my personality was not so much woo hoo hoo kick it up type of thing. I was probably a little more soulful. And I I saw a yoga class. I saw people coming out of a yoga class, very, very traditional, traditional from a studio way, way back. Uh, again, this was 30 plus years ago. And they had they had the Zen, this Zenness to them. They were incredible shape, but there was something more. There was an energy to it that I wanted. And, and so that's I found that style, that lineage, and I went deep in it. And and that changed my world. It really did. The practice has changed my world. And so what would you say? I mean, and then from there, you didn't just stick with that. I mean, you went on, like you said, not, now it's just your identity. It's just who you are, right? Yeah. And yeah. I, know that, I know that you're really passionate about making sure, like with your kid, I mean, you, I know you practice with your daughter. And what would you, I mean, since she's been a baby, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, my kids literally since they were in the womb, my son and my daughter since they were in the womb. But the interesting thing, and just for parents out there, you know, as parents, we have things that we really believe in and we think, oh, this is going to be so great for our kids. So, you know, I thought, oh, yoga is so great for them. My kids were both athletes. If they just added some yoga to it, they'd have more peace in their life. They, they would get less injuries, all these wonderful things that yoga can provide and what i found is and, and same with the eating you know we can you have them eat more greens to have them eat healthier and what i found is that the more i proselytized the more i talked about it the more i told them they should be doing these things the more they pulled back and the less they wanted to do it and so what i discovered is that just by being what it was I was telling them to do, that's what made the difference. So I just became more yoga. I just practice again, more of what I teach. And now that they're young adults, of course they're doing all this. Of course they're they're eating better and they're healthy and they love yoga. And uh, so- Of course they looked and they're like, oh, mom looks pretty freaking good. That looks pretty <laughs> good, right? Like they saw you, that they, that they, I think that, you know, lots of times we, take that for granted right there like mm, yeah mom's happy mom's dealing with a lot of stuff and wow what are those things i think they look from the side and go mm, there's something that's working here yeah right? i think what they really really see is that at my age because i'm in my 60s now that I mean, I get out of bed and I feel great. There's no moaning, there's no groaning. I move, I move more free than I've ever moved in my life. My body is, you know, it just feels with a lot of freedom. They see that. And so however, however we move, however we act, that however we feel from the inside is how we act on the outside. So because I feel really, really great, you know, I have a, I have a lot of energy, I feel fantastic then that's how you act towards others. So if you feel good here, then you're gonna act really, really lovely on the outside. And that's what they see. Not, not so much the physical appearance, but more towards how you feel on the inside. It's how you will represent yourself on the outside. Well, and I see that they, uh, you know, that you truly own your worth. And what does owning your worth mean to you? Well, owning your worth to me is, is first and foremost of not playing small. 
you know, especially as women, so many times we feel like, you know, we're meant to play small, that we're meant to put somebody else on the pedestal. But what happens when we do that, when we play small, then everybody around us starts to play small. But when we step up and we decide to play big and we step up into our confidence, I mean, I think there's something very sexy and alive about a woman not, you know, lowering herself, but stepping up into her confidence in a very compassionate and humble way, then that everybody around them starts to rise up. So the more that we rise up to own our own worth, then the more we bring everybody else around us up. And so that's really, to me, owning your worth. It's, it's not just for yourself. It's to raise up everyone around you, your friends, your daughters, your, your parents, your everyone around you, you're raising up when you raise yourself up. It's so true. I felt like it was a mic drop right there. Had I had a microphone right here, I would have been like, Boom, right? <laughs> and that's what, and it's having the courage to do that, right? And yeah. I always say that it's that, you know, what's that five seconds of courage when you just say, I'm doing it, I'm, I'm going for it, right? We, I remember I was taking my Hotworks class this morning, as you know, Hotworks is one of our sponsors for the event. And I went in and I was doing the no bar, what, what is it? Bar, it's called bar none. And basically, because there's no bar, right? So you use mm -hmm. the sauna wall as the bar. And the girl, the first line that comes out of her mouth is congratulations, because the, the hardest part is getting here, right? Deciding yeah. to come there. And I think that for so many of us, it, it is that at first, the hardest part is making that decision, right? You That's probably right. see it all the time with, with people you know, that you work with, right? It's deciding yeah. to show up to that class. It's yes. Like not making the excuse of what you're, why you can't go to that class. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because like you said, you have 40 years of, of guiding people. Yeah. Well, that instructor was exactly right. The For most people, the hardest part is just getting there. I know for yoga, just getting on your mat. Once you're there, it's also, I like to start every time I get on my mat, every time I'm teaching with just a little hint of a smile, because even that hint of a smile changes your physiology that you should be extremely grateful that you even have the privilege and the time to be there. And a lot of people forget that, that especially as I, I teach yoga, because yoga is such a sacred practice that's been passed down for centuries. I'm so grateful that I have been exposed to it and not everybody has. Not everybody has had the opportunity to learn this ancient technique to have a more peaceful life. So first and foremost, getting there and then when you're there, put a little hint of a smile and also then, you know, finding the appreciation for where you're at. So a lot of people are, are, feel like, oh, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm never going to be as good as this person next to me. They're so much better. And so then all of a sudden you've already squashed yourself down. Rather than just appreciating wherever you are on your journey. And when you come to that point of appreciation, then it makes it much easier to continue on. So what if you have to take a break? Take a little break. And I'm talking like during the class. You're going to take a little break. Your energy's a little low. Take a break. Pick it back up when you can, but you don't quit. You keep going. Because I always speak from the, the language of yoga, but once you have that fire lit in your belly to be on this path of, of enlightenment, truly, of true enlightenment, of, of really understanding who you are at the deepest and most profound part of your inner self, when that fire has been lit, don't ever let it go out. 
You want to keep that flame burning because I think most people know that, especially if you've ever been on a yoga mat, once you've been on it, and then for whatever reason, life got in the way, circumstances, injuries, dis-ease, whatever it is, and you did not get on your mat, you were unable to, how hard it is to light that fire again to get back on your mat. And then the expectation is, is I'll be like I was when I was when, before this happened and you won't, you've got to start over. So I always equate it to like lighting a fire, the fire in the belly. I call it the spiritual fire in the belly that once it's lit, keep it going because when it stops, it's like rubbing two sticks together to get fire. And if we all have been camping, we're, we're rubbing, we're rubbing, blow, blow, blow. And it takes forever to light that fire. So we keep the fire going so that you don't quit. Even if that's five minutes, that's five minutes, you just keep going. And, and, and so that's the way I keep people coming back for more is to feel a connection to something bigger than themselves and keep the fire going. I love that because, you know, it's funny because even Ava said that about our friendship. I forgot we, we hadn't seen each other in, the, in a while. We reconnected and that's part of, and then I'm like, oh my God, I got to just keep you in my life, right? Mm -hmm. And what happens though is sometimes we don't keep the fire lit, right? We don't keep in touch. We don't set the dates. We don't keep that momentum going. And we wonder why we start to settle for the people that are around us start to lower our you know not yeah lower our standards maybe maybe not be around that's why i think masterminds are so important right yeah. like masterminds with people that are like okay we're going places we're doing things we know we have to play bigger it's just like what you said you know for you that owning your worth and for me as well it's like not playing small um but you also said something really beautiful um and about not letting it go out. And when I see why people really aren't owning the worth is they let that fire go out, right? Mm -hmm. They start buying into, oh, well, why would you do that, right? Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people said that to me, you're gonna do what? Like, you're gonna do, why Why are you gonna do that? You don't have a um, hundred thousand, a million followers. You're not like a <laughs> whatever, 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 right? And so we start to buy into that. And then that's when we stop really owning our worth. Instead of like what you just said, like, um, you know, there, there's something about playing, you know, seeing someone play big with that's that's honorable and not egotistical, but like you said, and bringing your friends in, it has that compassionate feeling. Um, so for everybody who's let their fire go out, because we've all done it. Have you done mm -hmm. it? Have you done it? You, remember you know, I, I have not when it comes to yoga. I and I've had boy, have I had my share of injuries and you name it. But I always, always for me, it's a real sacred space. And I always make it to my mat. I always do my meditation practice every day. I do it twice a day because it's just made me a more joyful, loving person and a more peaceful person. And it, and here's the other thing that I, I will say, and my teacher taught me this. I teach, studied with a teacher from India, a lineage-based style of yoga. And he used to always say, he spoke very little English, but he would always say, do your, your practice, do your yoga practice, and you'll receive small benefit. And people were like, ah, a small, it's like in, 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 in the Western world, we want a big benefit. Five minute abs and you're ripped. Get on the cover of your fitness bag. Five minutes, you can do it. And so this is what it means though. Do your yoga practice, receive small benefit. And what it means is that you will have a more loving, joyful, peaceful life 
If you do your yoga practice for a lifetime, then you would have if you didn't do your yoga practice at all. You'll still have a life, maybe a very lovely life, but if you do your practice, you're going to have a more joyful, peaceful, loving life. And so that's that little extra small benefit. And so for me, that's always been in a place in my heart and it's always brought me back to my mat and back to my, my meditation I, practice. I love that that you said you, they always make it, always make it to my mat. Always. Yeah. It's like my husband, he always goes on the run five miles every day, no matter where he is in the world. That's, that's his center. But let me, have you, has your fire ever gone out just in, you know, a part of your life? Like where you kind of oh. like, oh, don't get me wrong. There are so many days that I do not want to do my yoga practice. So many tired, not doing, but this is, this is the acceptance. So I don't try to compare of what I could do yesterday to what I can do today. I just am in, I'm just in the reality of the world. So another thing that yoga teaches us is that um, the truth the truth of things, not that a cup is half full or half empty, we've all know that analogy, but that the cup is crystal clear. The water is not half full, half empty, but it's crystal clear. So, so I look at things from the reality of the situation that, you know, yesterday, maybe I felt really great and I worked a little harder. Maybe I ate something wrong. Maybe I'm stressed out. Maybe, you know, I just have too much on my plate. When I make it to my mat, maybe I'm achy and sore and it doesn't feel good, but I honor that. I just honor how I feel on that day. I'm not forcing, I'm not struggling, but I'm working intensely. So, so the, Maybe an example I can give you is rain. So we all know what rain is. Rain is precipitation coming down from the clouds. But I remember, I live here in Southern California and we're in a drought. We don't get enough rain. Our farmers need rains. My garden needs rain. So when it rains here, we're like, hallelujah, <laughs> hallelujah. The rain gods have blessed us. Here comes the rains, we're so grateful. And then I remember a couple of years ago, I, I'm from Florida and I took a trip back to Florida for a little family thing. We rented a house down in the Keys. We rented a boat. It's gonna be this great family time together, seven days. I got off the plane, it started raining. It rained seven days all day. <laughs> Long. We never left the house, never got in the boat, played board games. And um, rain, why is it always raining here? <laughs> it's just rain. The, the reality is it's rain. It hasn't changed. But through the lens, my perspective, it's two different situations. And so I give this example so that you know that whatever is going on in your head, to try to see things as they are, the truth of the situation and not through the lens of your own perception. Yeah. And so that gets me back on my mat. Hey, maybe, I, maybe I'm feeling <laughs> today, who cares? I get so, on my mat, I do the best I can. Maybe it's five minutes. Doesn't mean that it's not, it's, it's not easy for me. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Well, and like it's everybody's got their kind of mat, right? Like for my husband, his might be when that when it's the rain or when it's that he goes for the run. For me, what's you know where I go to on the mat, I go take a bath. I know yeah. that's crazy, but it's like I'll go and I just need to like get in the water and I just need to just kind of move things around, right? Like just so something like think for yourself. I mean, really give everybody homework of where's your mat right now? Where is that place where you go back? to get centered, to, to feel like you're home a little bit, right? Would you talk yeah. about that? Well, and I would also say make that, 
make that a ritual, make it something that, so, so especially as women, the, the challenge we have, I think as women is we are, we're very service oriented, we're caregivers, you know, we, we tend to nurture a lot. And then we tend to um, kind of put ourselves in the back burner. I sometimes call myself leftovers because I will be the person who will give everybody else in my family the best part of the meal and I'll eat the leftovers. Whereas nobody else in my family would ever think to do that but I do. I'm like, oh, I'll just eat the leftovers. And, and so we, you know, and, and I, I'm, this is a broad example because it's not true for everybody, but we all, especially as, as women, need a place that we return to that returns us to ourself, that reminds us of who we are at our deepest level, and that reminds us that we have to own our worth. Because if we don't own our worth, if we don't take the time to really honor ourselves, Who's going to do that for you? Yep. You have to be able to do that for yourself. And you need to have a system in place, a consistent system in place yep. that honors you physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Boom. Another mic drop right there. It's funny that the leftovers example, because I, I knew that I had met the man that I needed in my life because when I was making dinner, not that I make dinner all the time, uh, <laughs> make a really mean smoothie, but like the dinner thing is a little, you know, a little bit. <laughs> but I remember when I first made dinner once and I was like, you guys eat, you guys eat, you guys eat. And my husband, Z said to me, he goes, no, you sit down, you eat. And he said, you sit down with at the table with us so that you make sure that you don't do that, you know, for yourself. And yeah. I was like, wow, like, that was different. You know, there was a part of me that was like, wow, like I, um, so yeah, so all of those things, but I love what you just said there, you know. Um, but you know what's fascinating about that, Lauren, and I think this is a prime example of sometimes as women, what we do, you were willing to do that and felt nothing about it. Like it's natural. No, no, no. You guys go. And I will be the one to step back. But your husband even knew your worth more than yeah. you did. And right. this is what I'm saying. Having this ritual for ourselves to come back to ourselves. I think we're sometimes as women very disconnected to our own selves, to our own heart, because we're so busy giving all our energy away. See, here's the thing. My talk for Own Your Worth is called Be an Energy Billionaire, because most of us as women are constantly giving our energy away to everybody else. That's what we do. We give it away in so many ways, either with our speech, with our eyes, with our actions. We're constantly giving our energy away. And if you don't have a system, a very smart system to recapture your own energy, your own chi, your own prana, then you're gonna burn out and then you're not gonna be good for anyone. So my whole thing is teaching people how to have more energy, how to cultivate, direct and capture their own life force energy and not just, and so when you do that, when you have, you are an energy billionaire, you have all this energy now within yourself, you're fulfilled. Now you can go out and share truly what it is you're meant to do with the world. And it doesn't, it can't go one way. You can't just keep giving, giving, giving and not, not come from within. So that's really what I teach is how to cultivate more energy from within. And you've done that, like you said, for 40 years, it's not just been mm -hmm. like the last two years, just during the, during the lockdowns. It's yeah. <laughs> and that probably got you through 
a lot of the, you know, those times because you had art, you already had those systems in place. Like the same thing for me, I think rituals, when someone asks me all the time, I'm like, there's anything that I would say to somebody, it's the power of rituals, right? What, and creating those rituals. So no matter what the seasons, no matter what's happening within the world, you've got those to come home to. And that's really what we want. We want people to come home, come home, yeah. and remember that. Um, and that's who we're bringing. Like that's yeah. who really we're bringing to the, as I shared with you just a couple minutes ago, you asked me like, how's it going? I'm like, oh my God, like I've been kind of sifting through, like, I've gotten lots of calls. I want to be at the event. I'm going to speak at the event. This And I've had to like a lot is just, it was not in alignment. And, yeah. you, you know, everybody that's coming, there's a specific reason why they're there. It's almost like, I feel like I'm creating a symphony. Right. Yeah. And one You're the conductor. I'm yes. the conductor. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, you were on the call and we were just talking about like how each person it really is a beautiful instrument for this symphony that's wow. taking place so that people can go home and they create those systems for themselves. Yeah. So well, a great event, a great event is truly it is not a, a bunch of individual speakers just like playing their own instrument. A great event has a conductor who knows how to take all these instruments and have them play beautifully together in a symphony. And that's what makes a great event where you can feel a congruent energy about that event. And that comes from the conductor, quite honestly, which is you. Uh, well, we're doing this together. And so let me ask you one question, even though I know the answer because you've said it like a gazillion times, but you know, I always ask people, on every podcast that I do, on every any time, I always ask them, "What's one thing that you do to stay true to yourself every day?" Oh well, you already know the answer to that. <laughs> yep. I move and breathe. You know, I I it, it is my it is, and when I say yoga practice, my yoga practice includes meditation. It, it includes my yoga practice, and my yoga practice is it is a meditation as well. So it's the movement of the body. To the movements are there to regulate my health and to you know give me better health. And then it is the working with my mind of truly working to not to stabilize my mind, but really put me into that place that, again, creates the energy within me to give my brain a rest, you know, from the old redundant, recycled, unnecessary thoughts and emotions that contribute and facilitate stress. That will zap your energy more than anything. And so I use specific techniques to do that. And that's something that keeps me true to myself. Uh, more, it, it, what it does is it brings me back to my true self. And that's really the journey of yoga and what and everything else that we do out there is really a story. And when we realize that our state of being, and we're human beings, but our state of being is one of abundant joy and unconditional love. That's who we are at our true self, our authentic self, our soul self. All the rest is a story. So we are here. Who we are is abundant joy and unconditional love. And we forget that. And we wrap all our stories around something else. And that's contributing to all the stress. That's contributing all to this playing small. Because if you truly know that you're abundant joy and unconditional love, anything is possible. So funny hearing you say that because you can hear that, that mantra you live by, right? Just mm -hmm. as, I mean, I don't know if you can hear it in your cadence, just as you're talking. I mean, that is your mantra. And, and, yeah. I, and I know that you've, you know, I mean, you've, 
I'm so honored you, you know, to be there and to be there for your mama. Uh, how old is your mom? She's, and how I love how much humor that you, you guys give the situation. I think that when times are tough, that you, you make it fun for her. You make it fun for the family. Um, and how old, she's amazing. She's a beautiful soul. Your mom. She, she is a beautiful soul. For, so for all the caregivers out there, I took both my parents and my mom and dad almost seven years ago. They had some health challenges. Uh, you know, my mom was a young 84 years old then. She had a stroke. My dad had some heart things. So I, I then moved them both into my home and with my husband and my, my kids was there. And uh, then, you know, through the pandemic, my dad ended up passing away at 90 and then my mom during the pandemic uh, started to get some bad dementia. She's got pretty severe dementia right now. Still kind of remembers who I am, but pretty severe dementia. And so we, we took her in and uh, it is a very challenging, challenging burden. And I use that word burden because it is, it's a burden to take care of someone at that level. But at the same time, it's also a beautiful blessing because it it forces you to deal with your premonitory grief and anybody who has aging parents probably has a little bit of premonitory grief if they've had some challenges premonitory grief is that living with a little bit of low-level anxiety of when are they going to go when are they going to fall when are they going to pass what's going to happen you have this little bit you're already grieving and they're still living their life and so it's allowed me to, what I'm grateful about that is allowed me to become even closer to my mom, even though she has dementia, to bring our family together for my children to see how I take care of family. And so I, I use it truly as a, a moment of gratitude. Even though it's a burden, there's still a blessing in it. I love that. I love that. And then, you know, I, a lot of the speakers that, that I'm excited to share have that same belief. You know, that's why that. You know, uh, uh, one of our speakers, Lucy, that you got to hear a little bit from, I mean, she's been through some of the worst things you can imagine. And I remember once I had her on at an event and she, she said something like, uh, it could be worse. And someone said, what do you mean it could be worse? And she said, because it could be worse. You know, how do you, she says, I'm grateful that this is, that, that I am where I am, I able to do, but it could be worse. So right. I love your, of who you are and that you go back to that state of gratitude. And I just want to end with how grateful I am to have you in my life and, and that um, we make sure that we always come back to our mat of friendship and, uh, <laughs> and you know, keep that fire lit and make sure that, that, that we don't let, have to go back to rubbing those sticks together. So <laughs> grateful, 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 excited to be with you. Thank you so much. Love to your beautiful family and we'll see you soon. Love Bye. you, Lauren. Namaste. How awesome was today? Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends to join as well. I'm here for you with fabulous content, great guests, and lots of giveaways. To learn more of how I have taken what I've learned, applied it to my life, helped others find their true voice, text TRUE to 26786, which will give you my top tune-ups and a complimentary 15-minute discovery call with one of our coaches. And remember, keep in touch with me on Instagram at I am Lauren Lahav, Facebook, Lauren Lahav Official, Clubhouse, Lauren Lahav. Make sure you text TRUE, T-R-U-E, to 26786. Text TRUE, T-R-U-E, to 26786.
And remember to always stay true to the amazing person you are.